Hello, my little darklings, and welcome to the newest edition of the Paranormal 60 News. The devil's in the details of the stories tonight. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more in Exorcist, the Pope, and an imaginary friend edition. That's next, right here on the Paranormal 60 News. Hello, my little darklings, and welcome. I'm your host, Dave Schrader, and apparently this is my chest. Tonight, I guess I'm going a little loosey-goosey because I've got a tiki-loving friend joining us, and I wanted to feel like I could roll into that vibe with him. Before we get to that, I want to make a couple of very quick reminder announcements. If you missed them this past week, we did two special episodes in honor of the passing of Lorraine Warren, which took place four years ago. We had two special episodes where I had interviewed Lorraine Warren and, and gave you some interesting insights into her life and career with her husband that spanned 40, 50 years of paranormal investigations, work in the demonic realm. Great episodes. I hope you had a chance to check them out. If you haven't, please go back and check those out. As a matter of fact, for those of you audiophiles who only listen to the audio versions of the show, I mentioned last week, you can go back and hear every episode, and then I checked, and you couldn't. I lied to you. It cut it off at 100 episodes, but we've opened the gap. We've broken the dam, and now every episode is available to you on the audio stream, so you can go back into my archives and find the very first episodes of the Paranormal 60 and listen to every This is like our 141st episode, our regular episodes. We've got a lot of cool bonus episodes throughout this uh, run as well, but there's a bunch of them available. They're now all open and available on the archives. That's one of the big notes I had to start it off with. Uh, you also have been listening. You found out that we have the Paranormal Mind, a searches podcast every Thursday on my little network here. And starting this week, New England Legends joins us every Tuesday. You can tune in and hear Jeff Belanger and Roy Auger as they go into the strange and unusual stories surrounding New England and the New England Legends. Scary, strange, and very bizarre tales. That'll be our Tuesday show. And uh, Wednesdays I'll fill with some special episodes, throwback episodes, and uh, I'm working with another program that might be coming aboard as well. Uh, I want to also welcome the Parents Lounge fans uh, for joining us tonight and and tuning in. I know Jason and Jamie are sharing this feed to their listeners as I am sharing their feed to my listeners for the live video feeds on uh, on Tuesdays and Thursday nights when they do that. So with all of that said, now we've got all the housekeeping underway and out of the way. I want to thank you all for being a part of the show tonight and we are we are seriously down a couple of uh, of your normal news reporters. But ladies and gentlemen, fear not, because the main man, the paranormal detective, is always at my side. Well, when he's in town, Greg Lawson's here. Hey, Greg. Hey, old buddy. I'm uh, just hanging out here in the Vatican and uh, ready wow. to do the show because I'm excited about it. I uh, I'm here for the show. 
I'm a here. Are you I'm turning Italian because you're at the vet? I'm a here. I'm a here to do. Uh, our uh, listen. We've got a special correspondent joining us. This yes. guy's—he's the real thing. He's a real journalist. So and somehow we suckered him into being on the show. Weird. <laughs> oh, I love him though. And uh, to show you that he is willing to go anywhere at any time to get the story, I found this photograph of him, Greg. And I thought, oh. boy, this really shows you the dedication to the craft. Oh, I know that, the guy. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that, that Aaron Sagers has. He's willing to pedal a bike with ET on it, but not to be outdone. I did have to do a quick flashback photograph. That's me and my now 35-year-old son when he was, I think, five years old when we went uh, to Universal Studios and saw ET nice as well. V-neck t-shirt there. Yeah. I, yeah. And do you notice that I've got a beard and mustache meeting ET? Interesting. So does Aaron Sagers. Wow. Yeah. yeah, it's it's the thing to do. I love that uh, guy. I hope I see him soon. Eventually, yeah. eventually we'll bring him on here. I do want to mention he is also the host of the wildly popular show Talking Strange, part of the on. Den of Geek Network. And uh, we've got a link up for Aaron Sagers on tonight's program guide so you can find him and follow his career. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, from a tiki lounge somewhere near you, the one, the only, Aaron Sagers. <laughs> Bucky's cup. Are we alive? Like, Are we doing this? Yeah. All right. yeah. I, I look, got a little chess going action uh, yeah. for you too, Dave. I knew it. Uh, hey, so what are we drinking? I've got root beer and fireball whiskey rolling wow. tonight. Nice. My, 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 uh, Dea de Muertes, I think is how you say it in, it's, in Italian. Uh, Something like I mean, that, right? For someone that doesn't, yeah, <laughs> when you're speaking Spanish in Italian, but you don't know why their language, that's exactly yeah. how you say it. I'm trilingual. I'll try any kind. Yeah. All right. We've got a lot of cool stories to share. Interesting stuff going on. I don't know how I feel about this first story. It feels wow. Whoa. Can you get a little closer to can you get a little closer to the mic next time you glurt your drink? Uh, <laughs> Greg, good lord. That's some eagle rare right there, my friend. I got <laughs> so here's the story that kind of broke this week in the news. And again, not I don't mean to be cynical, but the Pope has gifted King Charles something pretty amazing for his corona coronation procession. Pope Francis has given King Charles small shards of wood said to be from the actual cross that Jesus Christ was crucified on for the monarch's coronation procession. The relics form the true cross. Unbelievable. Uh, it, it's a personal gift from the pontiff to the king, and they've been added to the cross of Wales, which is a silver crucifix, which will lead the journey to Westminster Abbey on May 6th. As a symbol of the former Prince of Wales' fondness for Wales, the two pieces are set into the larger piece. And there you can see it. They've actually taken splinters of the crucifixion cross to put into this and uh, embed it. I, I, I don't know, guys. To me, it seems weird that is it really the Pope's to give? I mean, I understand he's kind of the boss at this point, but it seems if it belongs to the Catholic Church, is he's like, um, I don't have a time to go out and find a good gift. Uh, let me give him a couple of pieces of wood we got laying around in the back of the room <laughs> and just knocks this thing out. Um, is he Italian? 
Is no, that guy this one's Italian? like German, isn't he? All right, yeah, I don't know. No, Benedict no, 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 was the, German. The this one, one is. Yeah. What is this He's, one? Uh, this is South South American. Yeah. Oh, so I was right on with my accent. Yes, it was, it was spot <laughs> yeah. on. I mean, I, ever, a... ever since the Pope opened up that eBay account, he's just been <laughs> getting rid of stuff left and right, just clearing Man. out. You know, yeah. I've got a Jesus is a foot of bath. I'm a selling it cheaper this week. Uh, big, trying to make a bigger change is at the Vatican. I buy it now when you get a better deal. <laughs> Free That's shipping. right. Oh, God, as a symbol of the former Prince of Wales' fondness for will, the two pieces were set mm. into this larger cross behind a rose crystal gemstone. Very His nice. Majesty had already made some adjustments to the cross, uh, adding a hallmark and leopard's head himself last mm. November after becoming king upon the passing of Queen Elizabeth back on September 8th. It also boasts an inscription of the last sermon of St. David reading, Be joyful, keep the faith, do little things. The Church of Wales, Archbishop Andrew John said, it designed to speak to our Christian faith, our heritage, our resources, and our commitment to sustainability. We're delighted, too, that it's the first use will be to guide the majesties into Westminster Abbey at the coronation service. So let's think about this. Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ hung upon a cross. People are like chipping away pieces to sell or to take back to the church. And it's been laying around for 2021 years. And let's just give it to the king. It's he's he's a figurehead. Do you, now do you think this is and you're the you're the true journalist here, Aaron? Yeah. Do you think Aaron. these are actual splinters from the cross, or are these like the moonstone that America gave to all the foreign leaders that they've tested hey, and all turned out to be asphalt. Come on, come on. Well, you know, I, I was raised Catholic. And I went to Catholic mm -hmm. school, did the whole deal. And, Me too. Um, you know, there's certainly talks about relics and these kinds of things out there. Mm -hmm. But I also feel like, I don't know, is anyone... I mean, like when the Pope gives you a piece of the, the true cross and says, hey, here's a piece of the true cross, are you going to have it carbon dated? Are you going to, are you actually going to test it? Or are you just going to be like, oh, great, piece of the cross? So yeah. who is to really say or no? Um, but I do like the motto, though. I caught the, the last half of that. The, right. Uh, do little things. Because that's me entirely. I try to yeah. do as very little as possible. <laughs> I'm doing this show and I'm done for the week. Like, so. Be joyful, keep the faith, and do. Do little things. That's and not setting the bar real high. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> very little, very little yeah, things. Very, very little. Yeah. So, well, I, th I, I think it's, know. I think it's a little strange that he would uh, give it to him because I, I don't think he really follows the Catholic faith too much. I don't know. Do you think, too, that, like, like maybe the Pope, like, oh, I'm going to give these to you to take it to the coronation for the march. And, and like, Charles is like, oh, thank you. And then he just embeds it in the crystal and puts it in the cross. And the Pope's like, ah, that wasn't a, so much a gift. It was a kind of on a loan. <laughs> like I'm going to need those back. Yeah. I had a piece of, uh, <laughs> of, of, of uh, beef wellington in my teeth anyhow. So this is, yeah. oh, this is great. God. Well, well, my question, my legitimate question is, does it revert back to the church after this? Because I know in Scotland, there's the throne of destiny in there. It was in the possession of um, Buckingham Palace for a long time, or Westminster Abbey, and then Scotland reclaimed it. Uh, and now Scotland has loaned it back to the king for the coronation, but they're getting it back. It's going back yeah. to the castle of Edinburgh afterwards. So is this 
just a loner. I think when you take it and and you melt it into your cross, you're like, hey, it's nine. You kind of epoxy it behind a red bowl and you're like. If you put it back up there and look at those, uh, you know, I mean, down at the bottom when you showed the whole thing, it had those really nice lock tight nuts that was on there. I mean, you're not getting that thing off of that. And did you say there's a leopard head on top of this thing? Somewhere, I guess he's added something of a maybe it's on the back it's like the raiders of the lost ark amulet you've got to it's flip like, it over to see the look at those image. bolts down there at the bottom those are freaking yeah. uh, loctite yeah. bolts yeah I didn't, not, you're not getting those things off i just no. didn't realize charles was so metal as to include like right. a leopard head in there be like right oh, yeah. <laughs> he really needs leopard head this <laughs> needs a little more leopard head look at he's talking to the pope right here the pope's like you're gonna give her these back right you're gonna give her these back <laughs> I don't know. I don't think I the think Pope could understand what he was saying. No. He's like, well, no, 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 no. he does have a very weird accent. That, mm. uh, I wish he'd learn to speak English over there. <laughs> it would help. All right, Greg, speaking of speaking English, and, and Emma? just let me catch you up on this, Aaron. Uh, when reading news stories, if one of us are to flub, uh, the other are to mock you, and then we all take a, a sip from our drinks, including all the listeners out there. Oh. Um, holy, how, look at that. First of all, let's drink it away from the microphone, Greg. You have the (laughs) loudest swallow sound I've ever... I'm doing my best. Hey, this is a great microphone right here. (laughs) Yes, it is. Holy cow. All right, Greg, you've got the next story. Where where are we going with this? All right. Hey, um, Mm -hmm. well, uh, let's let's stay in Rome. Why don't we do as the Romans do and stay in Rome? Rome. The real Pope's exorcist. Ever since Mm -hmm. director William Friedkin terrorized audiences with his 1973 classic, The Exorcist. Films about demonic possession have become a horror staple. Mm -hmm. So it's only a matter of time before this story of Father Gabrielli Amorth hit the big screen. Gabrielli? Yeah, that's that's what it is. Father Gabriel. Gabriel Amorth? Gabrielli! Gabrielli! That's the one for me. I see possession. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> hey, man, uh-huh. I YouTube that and I said, uh, "Hey, how do you say that?" Yeah, you that's did. What they said. <laughs> anyway, uh, the post, the Pope's Exorcist, which is loosely based on Amor's case files, mm-hmm. is now in theaters with Acad- Academy Award winner. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> Let's have a sip there. I was doing yeah, so that's, good. That's, that's definitely uh, a sip. Greg, Academy Award said. winner, <laughs> yeah, Russell Crowe playing the eccentric priest. Mm-hmm. The title reflects Amor's tenure as an appointed exorcist for the Diocese of Rome, which started with an apprenticeship in 1986 and continued through his death in 2016. Amorth was ordained a priest in January 24th. 1951, but surprisingly, he didn't practice exorcism until 1986 when the vicar of Rome named him apprentice to the longtime Vatican exorcist, Reverend Candido, Candido Amantini. Yeah, Candido Amantini, right? That's it. Sure. Can, uh, yeah, following his death in 1992, marking the start of his tenure as the Pope's exorcist, despite performing an absurdly high number of exorcism once claimed as many as 160,000. Amor said fewer than 100 involved true demonic possession. In such instances, 
Namor said the truly possessed would spit out shards of glass, pieces of metal, rose petals, and other items. He kept a collection of plastic figurines, nails, and keys as proof of this. Now, look at yeah. this. This photograph I'm showing is his actual photograph. He was so like junking up those up things? Yodas, Yodas and, and Lego figures, double-A Duracells. Oh, I yeah. think I see a GoBot there. It's a GoBot, yeah. <laughs> But, but not a valuable one. So, no. you know, not oh, one that you want to hold on to. The, de the devil's not going to puke up his good stuff. He's keeping that for later. None of those yeah. G1 Transformers, no. No. No, no. He also said he witnessed feats of superhuman strength like an 11-year-old boy hurtling away three full-grown police officers with ease. I've threw in full-grown uh, just like to, for effect. Nice addition, yeah. However... As opposed to the childlike police officers. Yeah, that's right. That's what I'm just saying. I want to clarify things. However, it should be noted that the priest rejected many patients seeking his help and referred to them, uh, referred them to treatment in conventional medicine or mental evaluation. Amorth shared his experiences, including his 1999s and Exorcist tells his story and 2002s. And Exorcist More Stories, which uh -huh. Sony Pictures says helped inspire <laughs> the new film. I sent you these stories over 24 hours ago, and it's the first time he's reading them. Oh, my God. Dude, I've, I've been at a, In a wedding reception. This... <laughs> the year of our Lord, 1,999. <laughs> this. That's what this. it says. It's one nine 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 apostrophe S. Yeah, the nineteen ninety nine. Nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, yeah. That's what it said. Hey, man. I oh, never mind. I'm not gonna make excuses. Yeah. Drink, please. Uh, and yeah. I'm trying to channel. I'm trying to channel Dave Schrader in 2016. Vanity Fair <laughs> asked film director Friedkin to travel to Italy to write a story about Amorth. He became the first person to film the priest performing an exorcism and use the footage he gathered to make a 2017 documentary, The Devil and Father Amorth. The film contained a 15-minute sequence of footage from the exorcism of a woman named Christina. Amorth, who was 91 at the time, attempted to cast out evil spirits while Christina is writhing in a chair and then in a dark, demonic voice screams she is mine she belongs to me amorth died shortly after the exorcism at age 91 on september 16th 2016 according to official records there were only 12 specialized catholic priests certified to perform the rite of exorcism in the united states in 2005 as of april 2023 the number has risen to somewhere between 125 and 150. Back to you, Dave. That's a pretty big uptick. It's yeah, it's a good one, right? 12 right. of them uh, 18 years ago. Yeah, yeah 12. We've unleashed something. Something crazy. evil. Something evil is happening. Hey, Aaron, after listening to that, do you think maybe you're hosting the wrong show and this should have been the name of the show that he... <laughs> Greg should have <laughs> fucking strange on the 1999th. This is a this show. Yeah. 
like hey, it. Hey, man, I, you know, I, I did a wedding, uh, today I did, I did a wedding rehearsal and I had to go to the, the, the rehearsal dinner. I had, uh, uh several, um, Eagle rares before I got here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and, um, thanks Ben Turner. Appreciate so it. So I should have shown up drunk is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, obviously. What are you drinking <laughs> tonight, helps. by the way? Clearly it certainly helps. Hmm. Um, hmm, this is what I'm calling a Bucky's blaster. That was and great. it's got multiple kinds of rum, mm-hmm. but because I'm not a degenerate, I did add water to it in the form of ice. So, nice. um, but yeah, it's, it's rums. rums, and up rums. The wow. Bucky's blaster. I had some of that after Marty took me there for dinner. I got a Bucky's <laughs> a microwavable burrito and I had the Bucky's blaster <laughs> shortly after. <laughs> it's a, it's yeah, a different it's, kind of blast. It's a potent, it's a potent elixir. Yes. Yes, it is. All right. Uh, uh, we've got a story coming now from our guest <clears throat> correspondent. Ladies and gentlemen, let's turn the con over to our number one, Aaron Sagers. Here we Where go. Where are we beginning now, Aaron? All right. Headline, Linda Blair was never the same after The Exorcist. At only 13, Linda Blair terrified viewers with her believable portrayal of the demon-possessed Reagan McNeil and the nightmare-inducing film The Exorcist. Chock full of controversies, Blair disappeared from the spotlight after her award-winning performance left her head spinning. Along with its religious theme that rattled the church, the horrifying storyline of The Exorcist, emphasized by bone-chilling demonic imagery, also shook the cast and crew members who, despite a blessing from a Jesuit priest, were plagued by injury and death. The Exorcist is the film adaptation of William Peter Blatty's best-selling novel, a story that was inspired by a real-life exorcism in 1949. Released in 1973, The Exorcist is a horror movie that tells the story of 12-year-old Reagan McNeil, whose unusually erratic and violent behavior turns sinister when it is revealed she is possessed by an evil entity. Though it was her first major role, Blair was never coddled and instead expected to perform physically demanding tasks that were uncomfortable and oftentimes straight up dangerous. In the exorcism scene, the straps that held her to the bed where she was thrashing around dug into her back and her bedroom was kept at an extremely low temperature so the cameras could pick up the cloud of ice of when the actor breathed. The set of The Exorcists in Cursed and had an extensive list of tragedies and deaths related to the production. In the book, The Fear of God, 25 Years of The Exorcist, special effects innovator Marcel Vercoutier I don't know, my French ain't great. The man who made Blair's headspin, he said, there was a feeling something bad could happen. I felt I was playing around with something I couldn't, I shouldn't be playing around with. One of the most bizarre incidents was when a bird flew into a light box, sparking a massive fire, which burned down the entire set where Reagan's exorcism was to take place. Production was stalled for six weeks while the set was rebuilt. The day before the fire, Friedkin asked technical advisor Thomas Birmingham, it was a Jesuit priest who guided Blatty on his book, to exercise the set. Still, tragedy continued to strike production. Jack McGowan, who played Reagan's first victim, Burke Dennings in the film, died Mm -hmm. after getting influenza. And Vasiliki Maliros, 
the actress playing Father Karras's mother, who we know what she does in hell, also died before the movie was released. Wow. What was really disturbing is that both of their characters also die in the movie. A total of nine people, in fact, related to the production, died during the making of the film. Mm-hmm. Linda was even accused of glorifying Satan by playing Reagan, and she received death threats. Despite her activist work and advocacy for animals, the role she played five decades ago still casts a shadow over her entire life. Yeah, let's make sure to mention she is the founder of the Linda Blair World Heart Foundation. Her job now is helping animals that have been abused and mistreated, especially animals that have been used in fighting clubs and and things like that. Uh, It's amazing that she's put so much heart and soul into this. You can go to lindablair.com, lindablair.com, find out more information about her. Uh, where you can meet her, where you can see her. You can get autographs and items there that will help raise money for her organization and can help animals in need. And I know our listeners have huge hearts and uh, love to help in in these kind of cases. So again, if you can, check out the Linda Blair World Heart Foundation. Make a donation, even if it's just buying dog food to help them out. Uh, That is a very important move, and it goes a long way to her cause. So as I'm going through looking for interesting photographs, I found what I think might be the most disturbing exorcist photo ever. Are you guys ready for this? Right on. Let's do it. I understand marketing. I understand cashing in on something that's popular. Do you realize that they made Viewmaster slides of the exorcist? (laughs) Viewmaster exorcist slides. You know, it's, for, it's a kid's toy for the kids. <laughs> yeah. Holy Christmas. The Exorcist Viewmaster. I don't know if that's some joke. It did. It was on a uh, thing of all these other collectibles that are from the movie. And that to me was just totally disarming. You give that to your kid. Your kids sit there flicking through dinosaurs, Mickey Mouse, and then the Exorcist slides. I want to, I, I want to know who collected the whole set. Uh, at the you know, oh. gathered around in the schoolyard trading. Like, do you have Pazuzu? I've got Pazuzu. I'll take a you know, a pea soup for a Pazuzu. <laughs> this, uh, this video for those of you watching along, this video is what they were talking about. Yeah, that is actually her. And they had ropes that they were yanking her back and forth. It ended up hurting her back. She had back issues for a long time. The harness that she wore, as you said, was digging into her. Look at how violent that is not. A stunt double. That's Linda Blair. And what's interesting about it is even as the film was coming out and, you know, in the theaters, there was a lot of people right. that were getting sick and claiming. And that's what led to a lot of the cursed film kind of reputation, mm-hmm. which uh, I don't actually think it's cursed, but it definitely had a lot of interesting scenarios surrounding it. I don't know, but man. When nine then, people, when nine people involved in the show died during the filming. Yeah. I mean, but even after it opened, when she was getting accused of being a, a tool of Satan and everything, even then she wasn't really getting much protection or coverage from the studio or anything. So this little girl was just left to be exposed and attacked. And um, and I, I would recommend on Shudder, there's this documentary series called Cursed Films, and they do a good job of exploring all of the all of the cases involved with it. 
Well, that's a good lead-in for our next segment, Mr. Sagers, as hey. you are the pop culture prince, yes. Aaron yeah. Sagers. Um, I, you you had a chance to interview cast and producers behind the new Evil Dead movie. It is out and uh, in theaters starting today, Evil Dead Rise. Now, I've been a big fan of the Evil Dead series. Oh, yeah. Is this an actual sequel to any of the original movies or the, the remake that came out like four years ago? Well, so Dave, I know you get to see a lot of these films as well in advance. Mm -hmm. Did you get to see this one? No, I didn't. I didn't oh. get a chance to. Bum me out. So I, I'm really excited for you to see it. I want to get your take on it. So it's interesting because the the core Evil Dead movies were mm -hmm. Evil Dead, and then there was Evil Dead 2, which was sort of a reboot, requel of the original Evil Dead, and then Army of Darkness, Ash vs. Evil Dead. And in 2013, there was the Evil Dead movie directed by Fede Alvarez, and that was meant to kind of reboot the franchise. That movie did well, but now, 10 years after that last one, Evil Dead Rise is interesting because it is a standalone film where it takes the action, for the most part, out of the cabin. The cabin is involved mm -hmm. briefly. It sets it in a Los Angeles uh, apartment building that's run down. And in the opening scenes, like it's, it's a family set kind of story. There's an earthquake and they find this vault underneath a parking garage and that's where they acquire the necronomicon the book of the dead what i think is really cool the conceit that the director said is he views all of these movies as existing in the same universe he references as the thing that kind of was the catalyst to a story that mm -hmm. in army of darkness ash williams bruce campbell finds three books on that altar and he's like, so Raimi's films were one book. The Fede Alvarez movie, that's another book. And then we have this third book. So he views it as all this stuff is happening in the same universe, even though it's not as if um, there is an interesting cameo there. But uh, it's it's standalone, but it is does have connective tissue to the larger universe. And I think it's great. I think it's gory and a fun horror movie vibe. I think it's bloody. I think it's uh, got a lot of gross out moments that make you cringe, but overall just a fun horror movie that I would say see in theaters with people. So it's uh, it, right. That's kind of the feel I, I had for it. I saw the first evil dead on video at home with just my girlfriend and it was, it gave me the creepy vibes, but it, it felt low budget to me. Mm -hmm. I, I saw the second evil dead movie at man's Chinese theater in Los Angeles when it opened. That's cool. And I, I was with the same girlfriend. We went and saw it on the big screen and it was freaky because of the audience, right? Everybody's jumping and screaming and reacting. That made the movie really come alive. I then saw Army of Darkness, I think, in the theater, but that went the way of kind of a slapstick Three Stooges meets, you know, the zombie apocalypse. So yeah. it took so much of the terror away and, and, and made it more kind of accessible and fun. The reboot, and I just said it came out like three years ago. I didn't realize 2013, so it was yeah. 10 years ago that that, 10 years ago. that second Evil Dead reboot came out already. I like that one. I thought it was a great starting point for them to go and, and take off, and I was really surprised that nothing came of it. A part of that was the director, Fede Alvarez, who also did 
I think it was Don't Blink. He then started getting attention and started doing other things. And and after that is when they launched the Ash vs. Evil Dead show. So mm-hmm. it was just things kind of got stalled a little bit. And so Sam Raimi, Rob Tapper, and Bruce Campbell are executive producers on this. So it has their seal of approval. And, and it's not as if it's dismissing what the 2013 movie did. It's instead just saying like, well we can tell other stories involving these book of the dead in this world. And it doesn't always have to be connected to just one type of character or, or it doesn't have to be Ash. And with this, there are these humorous moments, but it is very much full on fun gore. Not, not, you know, we say torture porn, not torture porn, but more like over the top bloody. They'll do gags that will make you gag and, and cringe. Mm-hmm but it's still within that fun horror vibe. All right. So scale of one phantom sucks, five phantoms. It's an amazing movie. What would you give this movie? Oh man. I don't know. I, I enjoyed the hell out of it. I I'm going to go, uh, I'll, I'll go four, four and one chains. Oh, nice. Nice addition. All right. Well, listen, I had a chance to watch a movie the other day with my family. I missed it when it was in the theater. So I'm going to still call this one of my favorite segments on the show. It's time now for Upon Further Review. So I've been hot and cold with M. Night Shyamalan for years. You know, I really, everybody loved The Sixth Sense. And then I thought he did something interesting with Unbreakable. And then we lost him to just weird movies that I did not get. Then he he made that weird comeback with The Visit, I think it was called. Mm-hmm. And I really enjoyed that movie. And then he's found a way into my heart again for coming up with creative new storytelling. And uh, I, I wasn't sure how I felt about this. Let's give the audience a, a little chance to uh, see a trailer. This is uh, Knock at the Cabin. Hi there. Can I talk to you for a little bit? You have to come inside right now. There were four of them. What did we say? You shouldn't make things up when we're talking about... Can you open the door, please? They're breaking in! Fuck us, you baby. We're not here to hurt you. But you have to stay here in the cabin with us. Families throughout history have been chosen to make this decision. Your family must choose to willingly sacrifice one of the three of you to prevent the apocalypse. We're not sacrificing anyone. For every no you give us, hundreds of thousands of people are going to die. That's really happening. Speed up. Close your eyes. Will you make a choice? You have to somehow trust us. We're normal people just like you. It doesn't matter. None of us believe you. We will never choose anyone. the rule is that no one's allowed to leave until you choose 
Do you really think it's all just a coincidence? I have to believe that. My son is gonna die. His name is Charlie. As a mother, I am begging you. You're the only one who can stop this. Andrew, I saw something. There was something in the light. And I feel it now. I'm taking my family and I'm leaving. If you fail to choose, the world will perish. We've been given the chance to decide the fate of everyone. Time's running out on the world. I'm scared. There is nothing more flawed and perfect in this world than our family. Please make a choice. Always together. Always together. I will ask for the last time. Will you make a choice? All right. Have have you had a chance to see this one, Aaron? Yeah, I have. Yeah, it's. Uh, right. I I really enjoyed it. What did you uh, did you? How about you, Greg? Did you have? A I have not to see this nope. movie. Not okay. Uh, I, this is what I I saw going into it. I thought it was interesting. It is available now exclusively on Peacock. So make sure you go check it out if you have not had a chance to watch it. I believe it might also be out Redbox. Um, but this is an interesting tale that again. Uh, M. Night Shyamalan really crafts it in a nice way that leads you questioning everybody and everything. Is this real? Is this some delusional Armageddon cult? I, I thought he telegraphed some points really well. Then he'd pull back those points to make you start to second guess yourself. And I delivered what I thought was a pretty good, intense psychological thriller of what would you do being put into that position? And it was, I thought, a really well-crafted. I was waiting for some weirder twist at the end, which never showed up. I guess the movie itself is just twisted so that you're you're kind of on your heels for most of it. Uh, I did not go into this expecting to like it. I expected this might be another miss on, on M. Night Shyamalan, and uh, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a well-done movie. I thought it was well-crafted for suspense. It showed different acting abilities for Dave Bautista, right? Giving him this kind of different character, more of a dramatic character throughout. Uh, Rupert Grint, who plays Ron Weasley in the Harry Potter movies, also in this playing kind of a, a spotty ne'er-do-well uh, character. And again, making you question what's going on. Why is this taking place? But in the end is what decision do you make does the good of the few outweigh the good of the many when it comes to family? And that is really at the heart of the story. And you could tell, at least it felt this way to me, that the last four years have deeply influenced M. Night Shyamalan in his storytelling because of all the weird stuff that's going on around the world. I believe with that. Alien, yeah. UFO stuff. And, and I will go back and say, I did like his movie signs, uh, but his UFO stuff, the, the um, concept of, of, disease and you know this plague kind of taking over earth and so i really like that you could see he was using the fears that we've come into now as a, as a new civilization over the last three four years and and played on them the isolation the not knowing who to trust or what to trust i thought it was well done i would give this on a scale of one to five phantoms i'm going to go with a solid four phantoms on this as well 
solid four. Uh, I think it's worth watching. If you haven't seen it yet, check it out. Um, what, given what you've seen of it, uh, Aaron, where do you place it on your phantom scale? Um, Hmm. I hadn't thought about the phantom scale. I, I think that I was entertained enough and I was pulled into it that I can agree with the four phantoms. And I, I do want to add to it that Dave Batista has just been doing incredible work for a while. And mm-hmm. he has such a gravitas that um, I I truly predict he's going to be John Cena is great. Is a, is mm-hmm. I think doing a lot of good work as an actor and really entertaining and can carry dramatic beats. And then of course there's the rock who is the mega superstar, but I think Batista is going to be the first guy coming out of the wrestler world to get an Academy award. Um, mm-hmm. I think he's just bringing so much intensity and so much depth to his characters between this, between Dune, between uh, he's just done so many good things. So he, I think, really carries a lot of this film. But most certainly, Rupert Grant is doing some incredible work in it as well. But yeah, I, I can agree with the Four Phantoms. It was a it was a solid movie. There was a lot of intrigue, and it also really makes you think about what you would do and about the world. You know, when the world's kind of going to hell, what would you do to, you know, to to quote Spock, do the needs of the many out, outweigh the the needs of the few or the one? Right. Very cool. We're going to take uh, a quick break. When we come back, we've got more stories, more chilling tales to share. We'll do that when we return right here to the very best in paranormal programming. I'm Dave Schrader, and this is the Paranormal 60 News. Today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. What's the first thing that you'd do if, say, you had an extra hour in your day? Would you go for a run, maybe take a nap, read a book, or just show up for a friend? A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. And the question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. If you're like me, you think, I can get through a lot. And we can. We're a resilient species. However... There are times that we need to reach out that hand and get a little help from somewhere else. That's what I did with BetterHelp. When I reached that limit and I realized things were getting a little bit out of control, instead of taking it out on my family or taking it out on myself, I just decided to reach out and get the help that I deserve. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and it's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy, my darklings. Get better help. Visit betterhelp.com slash P60. Do that today. You're going to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash P60. It's time to take control of your life. Dave's here rooting you on. And if I can do this, you can do this. Let's do this together. Betterhelp.com slash P60. There's a link for it on today's program guide. Are you looking to purchase a new home but not sure where to start? That's completely normal because there's thousands of questions that need answers when it comes to a new home purchase. Like how much do I need to put down? What are the rates? What are the closing costs? What does my credit score need to be? 
that's where I come in. My name is Wendy Schrader, and I'm a mortgage banker here at Paramount Residential Mortgage Group, also known as PRMG. And I'd be happy to answer any of those questions and help walk you through the mortgage process because buying a home is a stressful yet exciting time. And I can make it easy for you if you mortgage with me at PRMG. My number is 763-203-9641 or you can email me at W-S-C-H-R-A-D-E-R at PRMG.net. I'd be happy to work with you and answer any questions you have and just get you to that closing table so that way you can turn that key and walk into your new home. Thank you so much. Hey now, you better listen to me, every one of you. Rick Lindy's Black and White Night. We got a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of A show saluting the legendary Roy Orbison. Yeah, I'm gonna be the man. The dynamic vocals of Rick Lindy and his rockin' band, The Wild Ones, have delighted audiences for over 20 years. I'm going back someday. And it's coming to the Minnesota Horse and Hunt Club Thursday, April 27th at 7.30. Only the Hit after hits. Like in dreams and running scared. Just running scared. A show you don't want to miss. Experience Rick Lindy's Black and White Night, recreating the famous concert of Roy Orbison at the Coconut Grove. Audiences will be moved by Rick Lindy's renditions of the beloved songs of the late, great Roy Orbison. For tickets, call 952-447-2272 or go to horseandhunt.com or bigtickets.com. Tickets are only $30 for the show or $55 for dinner and a show. Held in the Minnesota Horse and Hunt Club Pavilion at the Hunt Club Pavilion in Prior Lake, Minnesota. Only 20 minutes from the Twin Cities. Rick Lindy's Black and White Nights, April 27th at 730. Don't wait. Book now. And if you are a fan of classic music like I am, you got to go out and see that show. As a matter of fact, that is my oldest, dearest friend, Rick Lindy. We grew up together starting at the age of four years old, still running strong today, all these years later. And I'm excited to have him coming to perform here in my great state of Minnesota. So make sure that you go check that out for yourself. Speaking of checking things out for yourself, this is coming up pretty, pretty, pretty quick. Parasycon 4 at the Ohio State Reformatory, Shawshank prison i'll be there shane Pittman will be there aaron sagers will be there as a matter of fact we're going to be doing a talk all three of us together uh kind of an insider's look into the paranormal and reality tv from the holzer files to 28 days haunted and beyond so i hope that you'll come out and check it out the ghost brothers will be there uh as will so many other great speakers you can get information as always by visiting my website at darknessevents.com July 1st, you can join me at the USS North Carolina, one of the most haunted ships in America. We get access like never before, and I want you to be there at my side as we go in and investigate and try to make connections with the other side. Again, that's coming up July 1st at the USS North Carolina. Also coming up this August, 
Hill Con, an evening investigation at Hillview Manor. I will be your host and paranormal investigator. It's going to be a great time. They have all types of uh, different guests and speakers and vendors that will be on site and then a ghost hunt. So I'd love to see you out at Hill Con for the investigation and the entire event. And then coming up this September, Phenomicon. We believe I'll be there. So will George Knapp and this young upstart fellow you might recognize by the name of Greg Lawson. He's going to be there from the Paranormal 60. We will be there repping and having a great time. We would love to see you on site. So get off the couch, get into the game, come on out and be a part of all of these great events. Again, you can find more information on those events and so many more by visiting darknessevents.com. All right, let's bring back our correspondents, Greg Lawson and Aaron Sagers. Why are you holding back laughter on me, Aaron? What's going on? <laughs> it was just comp- the the show's promo image of myself and Greg. I'm just like, a wee little Aaron. Wee little Aaron. But the Paris icon, I'm like towering over Dave. <laughs> yes, I do like that. I do like that. Uh, we, those are going to be some great events. I hope people will come on out and get a chance to say hi to us, spend some time with us. And then Greg Lawson, myself, Marty Vias, the Colonel and Chachi, we're going to all be at uh, GalaxyCon in Austin, Texas this year. And you get a chance to see us do a talk on the paranormal, come by and visit us all at the table. We do photographs, hugs. We've got some cool swag. You'll actually be able to get some of uh, Greg Lawson's books there that you can autograph. Speaking of which, we have a link in today's program guide for Greg Lawson's website. So you can find more about Greg and how you can order his books. Hmm. So go check that out. All right, let's uh, let's get to it. We've got another interesting story. This one popped up today to me. And the headline, guys, I think you will agree, it begs to be talked about. UK woman who married a ghost now wants an exorcism as the spirit husband is making her life hell. Wow. Yeah. A woman who married a ghost is now considering an exorcism. Why, you may ask? Well, Rocker Brocade, 38, from Oxfordshire, claims her husband is making her life hell. She married Eduardo five months after meeting him on Halloween last year. But now she's seeking a divorce because, well, Eduardo, who she claims is a ghost of a Victorian soldier, is stalking her. Her ghost husband haunts by using the screams of a crying baby. Rocker is clearly not having a great time, and her conversation with the Daily Star is proof. I am at the end of my tether. I don't want to admit defeat, but it feels like being married to a ghost just doesn't work. I feel like being married to a ghost... I don't get it. ...just doesn't work. Seems like that'd be a good deal. Yeah. Uh, So what's Eduardo's reaction to the (laughs) impending breakup? Well, he's not taking it positively. As Rocker claims, she has been experiencing deep, dark thoughts lately, and that is a sign of his displeasure. Hmm. All right. Guess what? The couple even turned to a medium for marriage counseling, but Eduardo apparently did not take this very seriously. Rocker never believed in ghosts until Eduardo appeared in her room one day all of a sudden. And then the pair decided to tie the knot in an abandoned chapel on the 31st of October. And then they honeymooned at Barry Island. Wow. Now, being a fair-minded show, I thought it only fair that we reach out to Eduardo and get his side of the story. So 
Here we've we go. got Eduardo joining us now. Yeah, she's completely batshit crazy. You can't believe her. She's driven me to drink. Yeah. Eduardo looks oh, like he's had Eduardo. a rough, rough time. Yeah. Poor Eduardo. Ah. Eduardo, if yeah. I can give you any advice, it's uh, yeah, don't rush into marriage. You waited till the afterlife. Maybe you should have waited just a little bit longer. Or hmm. get a paranormal I didn't know prenup. Was... Yeah, I didn't know yeah, he was par- Scottish. You should the paranormal prenup. I like it's a, that. It's coming soon to uh, a YouTube channel near you. <laughs> <laughs> so, do they? So I mean, I just feel like you know, divorce is messy for everybody. You know, just having mm-hmm. to split everything up. Like, mm-hmm. who gets the ectoplasm in that case? You know, I don't know. So like, yeah. You know. So they have to split it 50 50 or 666 percent wow very nice i like that and guess what greg it's been a while since a story like this has crossed our desk but if we listen closely listen closely not for very much longer we'll hear something that this story definitely has earned dumbest news of the day and there There you go yeah dumbest news of the day hey loki thank you so much for supporting the show super chat is on super like super stickers all the ways to show some love and uh and admiration for the show so thank you very much speaking of love and admiration it's aaron sager's turn to share another story nice i can't wait oh it's my turn okay yeah yeah what have you got for us buddy all right headline jane seymour Uh (laughs) jane seymour saw white light during near-death experience, but has no idea if there's an afterlife. All right, Mm. let's dive into it. Famed for playing Bond Girl Solitaire in 1973's Live and Let Die, alongside Roger Moore as 007, actress Jane Seymour said she could have been killed when she contracted Mm. bronchitis while filming a movie and went into anaphylactic shock due to wrongly administered antibiotics. In a new interview, she detailed how the experience affected her and what she felt during it. When asked whether she believes anything happens after we die, she said, I have no idea. I do know that I left my body. I did see a white light, and I did look down and quite clearly could see and hear everyone screaming and trying to resuscitate me, which they were able to do. But when you're out of your body, everything goes very calm. Jane's medication had been injected into a vein rather rather than a muscle, which led to her going into the shock that nearly left her dead. Looking back on her life, she does not have any regrets. I really don't, she said. I probably made millions of mistakes, but I think I've grown from all the experiences I've had. And compared with a lot of people, I've had an absolutely magical life and that's coming to us from dr quinn herself yeah i like how this guy the 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 only accolades he'll give her is known for her character in 1973 we're totally overlooking uh somewhere in time with christopher reeve one of the greatest love story and right she was in dr quinn medicine woman amazing actress she's been in so many different things and yeah it's like 1973 bond girl solitaire who did when that happened read the tarot cards yeah. and she had the gift of second sight until she had 007 love baby and that shook the magic right out of her if you remember yeah, yeah. wow yeah 
I would argue that Dr. Quinn probably has more of a, a legacy attached yeah. to it than her doing solitaire. Although, look, I, I do love some Roger Moore, but like, you know. Right. And here's something I think is interesting in reviewing the photographs from Live and Let Die. I noticed that they may have set a precedent for a, another famous movie scene that would come years later <laughs> as they stood tied back to back. Wow. Right? Yeah. Uh, what is this reminiscent of? What would you say? I'm thinking Raiders. You're right. It's very much like when Indy and uh, Marion are tied back to back. Don't yeah. look. Don't look. All right, guys. We're all music fans here on the show, right? I grew up, of course, loving the theme to Live and Let Die by Paul McCartney and Wings. Mm -hmm. I had that um, brutally beaten away from me in the 80s when Guns N' Roses did a cover version of the song. <laughs> I know exactly. And that. now I can even listen to the McCartney version and all I hear is Axel Merman singing her rendition from Guns N' Roses. Is anybody else ruined by the Guns N' Roses version of Knocking on Heaven's Door oh. and Live and Let Die now? Yeah. I wouldn't say it was ruined for yeah. me, but it's definitely a distinct take on it. Yeah. I also, mm -hmm. uh, just that photo that you posted, the other other thing it made me uh, reminiscent of was I thought the guy in the background who was wearing a red shirt was what was going to set the precedent. Like he was going to be the guy that dies. Like poor guy no. in a red shirt. <laughs> no. <laughs> but I guess Star Trek predates Live and Let Die by about a, yes. a decade or so. <laughs> That's right. Uh, I, listen, I have been... Talk about possessed, overthrown. The voice of Axel Merman. Yeah, I know it's Axel Rose, folks. But if I, I implore you, listen to an Ethel Merman song and then quickly drop the needle <laughs> on Live and Let Die and tell me it is not Ethel Merman after about a bottle of bourbon a night and, a, and like six packs of smokes every day for decades. If I, when we were young and your heart was an open book. <laughs> Oh my God! It's the worst cover uh, version of a song ever. Until, of course, knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door. Unbelievable! Unbelievable! Has totally. Yeah, every time I every time I play that at a show, everybody wants to do their you know Axl Rose thing instead right, of because he's he's de-evolved the song to the most basic root caveman element of mm. it. Axel Merman, shame on you. Although that should be a, a hint of what he was going to sound like nowadays. Yeah, yeah, well, you know, there yeah. we go. Nails on a chalkboard might be a kind That's right, Loki. Referring to it, that Loki. is true. Oh, brutal. It is the, true. Have you, have you ever seen Guns N' Roses in concert? Yes. As a matter of fact, I saw, uh, I went to see the Aerosmith Permanent Vacation Tour. Yeah. Back in the 80s. And I remember hyped up, super psyched to see Aerosmith on this big comeback tour. And we get there and, oh my God, who is this sissy band with the pumped up hair and roses all over the poster? I was like, oh, come on. Guns and <laughs> roses. They blew the stage apart for 45 minutes. That's when Axel would actually show up for a show. And they rocked hard they won me over i will give them that that was an amazing show great concert i'm glad i saw them at that point because i really never needed to see them again because 
it just got horrible. Like the concerts were supposed to start at seven. He'd sometimes roll out at 11 o'clock at night. Um, I don't, I don't go for that. Dave, you don't play that. So, uh, but yeah, I think that concert was great. I can't speak forward from that moment. I've, I've seen the, the heyday and then the, the modern day. And, uh, what was peculiar about seeing it in the modern day was that I was at, it was in New York city watching guns and roses with Renee Holland from finding Bigfoot Oh. <laughs> and watching post peak Axel uh-huh. he did a lot of breaks to yeah. based on our our seat we could see him just go off stage and just have to take a breather <sighs> a lot of a lot of yeah. you know you know puffing a little breathing uh yeah. well yes a lot of huffing and puffing hmm. he did come out on stage here for Billy Joel's concert which okay so check this out you Billy Joel, whenever he's playing, if there's another person in town, he'll have them join him. Mm-hmm. So he introduces Axl Rose. They sing a Billy Joel song together, and then they do two ACDC songs. Hmm. No Guns and Roses, just ACDC. Huh. And I thought, well, that's a really weird twist. Now, I know he had taken over at that time for uh, Brian Johnson, but it was just a weird mix. Very strange to see that. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Three chords, man. ACDC. Three chords. Yeah. Four chords with a bridge. Look at you. All (laughs) deep and musical and stuff. So fancy. It's just, uh, it's the mechanics. It's the mechanics. Greg, you've got a, you've got a fascinating story to share with us. I have a Uh, fascinating life, Dave. No, this story is much Uh, better. Let's let's get to the story. That's what you're paying. Let's look over here. Let's look at uh, how an imaginary Mm -hmm. friend helped a six-year-old girl, Haley Zega, survive. 52 hours in the woods. Not at Camp Crystal Lake, though. Haley Zega, now 27 years old, is testament to the power of the human spirit and her survival against all odds is nothing short of impressive. When Haley was only six years old, she was on a hiking excursion with her grandparents, Jay and Joyce Hale, when she went missing in Hawksbill Crag. This, these things are going smooth. <laughs> God, there it is. It's the, it right, isn't even uh, big words. It's it this. this. The word is this. These <laughs> things. <laughs> Nancy needs a refill on drinks from Greg's was, stories. Alone. It was going so well. Look, can you see? All right. It wasn't this. It was uh, things. It was Hawksbill Craig. I'm like, did I say that right? And then That's I can't pull part, together yeah. things. No. Yeah. Hey. All right. The words are jumping around, man. The, the word the also throws me off, Greg. <laughs> Things were going smoothly until Haley mentioned that she was tired and hot. So instead of moving on, she sat on a rock. Her grandparents then used a classic piece of parental psychology. Fine. Then you can stay here. We're leaving. Haley's grandparents <laughs> were barely out of sight when Haley decided to head in the direction she thought they had gone. Unfortunately, she took the wrong path, drifting further away from her grandparents. By the time Jay and Joyce doubled back, she was nowhere to be found. Haley's grandparents were understandably troubled when it dawned on them that she was missing. Back in Fayetteville, Haley's mom, Kelly Sayer, upon hearing the news, rushed home immediately. Before embarking on the nearly two-hour journey to the trailhead, Hmm. she took a few clothes and Haley's pillowcase, anything 
she assumed would help the rescue crew pick up her daughter's scent. As the hours passed, Haley began to realize the trouble she was in. Despite her struggles, <laughs> <laughs> her struggles, you say. Poor Haley was really struggling. She was, she was hashtag struggling more than Greg is doing the story. Down in Struggle Rock. <laughs> Uh, Greg be struggling. <laughs> Hashtag Greg be struggling. I think that needs to be chachi. Every shirt day I'm struggling. Struggling, struggling. Yeah. Shake All this right. off. Okay. Despite her struggles to retrace <laughs> her path, her uh-huh, grandparents, uh-huh. she soon found herself deep in the woods, alone and unsure of where to go. But through all this, there was something that kept her uh uh god something that helped her keep the little girl safe from the moment come on come on come on look at how red his face is getting i love it bing cherry over here is loosen although go on yes (laughs) yes back in it but through all of this there was something that helped keep the little girl safe the moment she went missing she had met a new friend, Alicia, who kept her calm and company. Alicia was nothing but positive presence to Haley while she was missing. Helping pauses are unbelievable. Keep her safe and reassuring her that help was on the way. I really practiced this one too. <laughs> Haley found... Haley was found 52 hours after she went missing, sitting by the river. By the, the time she was located, hours after it started, by the time she was located, Haley uh-huh. had descended from the mountains, walked several miles along the river, and spent the night on a rock and in a cave. Haley was dehydrated and exhausted, mm-hmm. but at least she was alive. Mm-hmm. She was taken to a nearby infirmary, where hospital specialists began to assess her. They treated her for minor injuries. After 52 long hours, Haley reunited with her family. Her emotions returning home was captured in photos and videos, which showed her hugging her family members and crying tears of joy. I'm going to look over this way. We're hanging that, on every mispronounced that, word. That was when they all got the shock of their lives, when little six-year-old Haley told them about her friend. That was with her every step of the way. Mm-hmm. A friend that rescuer said never existed. <gasps> the experience was traumatic for Haley. At six years old, she defied the odds of surviving alone without shelter, food, and water. Mm-hmm. Or was she? Mm-hmm. Haley maintained that she was not alone ever. Yet there's no proof that Alicia ever existed. Was this merely a delusion from a frightened child? But that doesn't explain how a six-year-old little girl safely made her way through dangerous terrain and survived on her own for 52 hours. <laughs> All right, paranormal detective. Uh, you've gone out oh. What can you make of this that there is a child that survived, a six-year-old survived? <laughs> oh. Your etiquette is horrible. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll start muting hours. Yeah. 
Uh, no. Um, well, she had somebody there to help her. Obviously. Alicia was there to, to help her. Uh-huh. You know? Um, Thanks for that in-depth view. <laughs> now, yeah. now I speak so much more clearly. Now you know I had to have you join us, Aaron. I need help getting through these stories. Man. I, you know, I just... I Come didn't on, realize man. that uh, that uh, Greg went to the oratory school, majoring in William Shatner and minoring in Christopher Walken. It's like just just ignore the existence of commas and meter. Alicia, say came came upon it, <laughs> but was she allowed? Please say no. <laughs> Police say no. Police. <laughs> It is. But what? What was? Is she listening to? Is that so? Is that the third man situation that we talked about a few weeks ago, Greg? Yes, that's exactly it. Can we move on? Yeah. Wow. Way to (laughs) way to really stick it in there and help us. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. That's what it is. Yeah, it's uh, it's Wilson. (laughs) Yeah. I, it's a. I actually love these stories because there's a lot mm-hmm. of those stories that, that are out there, and I don't know whether it's like ghost if it's some sort of thing out there. <laughs> you know, if, if <laughs> I just can't believe y'all would sit here and talk. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I work really hard on this. I <laughs> he can't even be angry and make a complete <laughs> sentence. You guys have. Uh, we're gonna be so, when I do uh, oh, I'm like, you know, I had a head injury. Uh, had... suspects. <laughs> I'm glad y'all are enjoying my head injury. Uh, we are, we are, as are listeners around the world. So, should I change? Should it be Chachi, the Colonel, and traumatic head injury, Greg, <laughs> going forward? Is that how you like yeah, it? would be more it? accurate, it would probably be more accurate than paranormal. But, uh, but that, you know, the, uh, the, that was like a Saturday Night Live bit, the Headwind Harry, Dana Carvey. Yeah. There you go. Hey, Tula, Tula Z, thank you very much for thank your you. love and support of the show. That'll oh, go straight to my our, uh, injury trauma. We're at our final story for the night. This story uh, comes from an anonymous source. She does not want her name shared, but she had an interesting tale. Maybe, maybe it's the photographs I have to go with it to tell you why she wants to remain anonymous. But let's let's jump in. This is a tale of one freaky night. Recently, a woman who wishes to remain anonymous explained how she's had some very extreme paranormal instances occur in her life and described in detail one of the nights when the suspicious activity sent her careening over the edge. The 28-year-old used to live with her husband and a dog in a large old mobile home. It gave off some very eerie vibes and made lots of noises that she originally chalked up to its age, until, that is, she began hearing things that were not so easily dismissed. One night, while her husband was out of town, she was laying on her couch watching TV at around 2 a.m. The home was very dark, and the only light on was the lamp beside her. Out of the blue, she heard what sounded like a person clearing their throat. She turned down her TV, so already we caught her in a lie. The only light is the light on the the lamp next to her bed, but she has to turn down the TV. I'm already starting to question the story, paranormal detective. 
<clears throat> Come out on, of the blue. Just push she heard, sometimes there's push. little things. There is. She turned down her TV and looked down the hall, but didn't see anything. She tried to get back to watching her show, but that's when she heard the sound of footsteps. footsteps. Once again, yeah, footsteps. Once again, she lowered the volume and looked around the house, but saw nothing. Instead, the footsteps only continued to get louder. <laughs> it sounded like someone was aggressively pacing from the guest room to the kitchen entrance, she remembered, back and forth, back and forth. When the footsteps finally stopped, she began hearing noises in the kitchen. It was the same sound of someone clearing their throat, except this time it sounded like it was coming from a man. Paralyzed with fear, she sat on the couch waiting to see if someone was about to walk out of her kitchen and down the hall. The paranormal spirit was clearly making itself feel at home. She then ran and locked herself in her bedroom with her dog, who just stood there, staring at the door, growling a slow, deep, guttural growl. Once she was in a different part of the house, she heard a series of loud scratching noises, followed by more intense footsteps and a loud crash. That's when she decided to take her dog and get out of the house. When I came back in the morning, no one was there, she recalled. I looked at the wall in the hallway and saw that there were deep scratches on the door leading down the hallway. It didn't look like scratches a human could make. Thankfully, my favorite part of the story, thankfully, she moved out of that mobile home and hasn't had an incident like that ever since. Thank you for sharing your story with us, Anonymous. Interesting. Chilling. Was creepy. that an AP story? AP Network News. I'm Scrooge McDuck. Yeah. So there you go. There's uh, there's our night. Look at that. One hour, 12 minutes. Bringing in Aaron. Oh, put us wow. right into that one hour window we're always looking to hit. And well beyond. Aaron, what's going on in your world? What can we let people know about? What can we promote for you? Well, I know we're over time. I was just really curious whether she was hearing a growl or listening to uh, Greg swallow loudly into the microphone. But uh, the... that would explain the that would explain the the throat clearing as well. <laughs> she was watching one of our episodes, and we had a picture up, and she kept hearing the <laughs> <laughs> He's going to abuse me so bad when I see him in a couple weeks. <laughs> no, um, thanks for having me on. I love you guys. I had so much fun. Um, I'm uh, over at Talking Strange. We're doing the podcast and live stream show on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. We have a lot of cool guests on there, celebrities, but also folks in the paranormal realm, such as Dave. Greg, you've been on there. We've done this. Hey, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> celebrities and people like Dave? What, <laughs> what does that mean? It means friends. It means oh. people that I also oh. harass and text. So, uh -huh. okay. um, uh -huh. and then um, I don't know. We're still going strong with Paranormal Con and Camera. And weirdly enough, 28 Days Haunted, even though it premiered in October, continues to trend. So, uh, That's great. Su support that. And, um, you know, hopefully we'll do more. And then hit me up on social media at Aaron Sagers across the board. All right. Hey, so are, aren't we going to be, a, we're, we're going to be in Waverly here in a couple of weeks, aren't we? Yes, sir. Yeah, we're going to be here with a Strange Escapes event soon. And then the week after, Dave, you and I and Shane and uh, a bunch of other folks are going to be at Paris Psycon in uh, Mansfield, Ohio, which the last time I was there was with Dave 
years ago. It's been so long. Yeah, I've, I've never been there with Dave. Yeah. yeah it's no, a great place. Really I'm so excited. Uh, hey, for people that maybe maybe have not yet found 28 Days mm -hmm. Haunted, can you give our viewers and listeners a little explanation of what this is? Thank you for the prompt, Dave. Yes, it's uh, 28 Days Haunted. It's on Netflix. It's the first paranormal investigative series on there. And it's three sets of paranormal investigator teams at three different locations embedded in those locations for 28 days. And I'm operating as a host, a, a puppet master of sorts, overseeing all of it and watching all of the feeds come into play. And uh, we've got our good buddy Shane Pittman is out there in one of the locations doing great work so it's uh, it was it was a blast to do and i hope we get to do more and we just highlighted ed and lorraine warren on our tuesday and wednesday special throwback episodes this series is based on their theory that if you spend 28 days in a haunted location you should experience the full spectrum of different activity that's known to occur there yeah, the, the whole idea, the longer you're in a location, the more acclimated you get to the potential mm -hmm. activity there and the more the activity gets used to you. And then you reach this kind of homeostasis where, in theory, you know, the veil becomes thin and then just things start moving back and forth and you have a lot of uh, interesting results that result from it. Very cool. Uh, so that's out and it's on Netflix. You can go watch it. Uh, no word yet on season two. No word yet, but Paranormal Caught on Camera, we've already been filming season six on that, and that is on the way on Travel Channel and Discovery Plus. Fantastic. As always, thank you so much for showing up, Aaron, spending some time with us. It's great to have you. Thank you for the movie reviews, for the diligence in reading the stories before you got here. <laughs> and I like, to, I like to enunciate. <laughs> Greg, I'd like, say, yeah. you know, buddy? I'd like to say it's been a pleasure. Well, you know, um, I'm, I'm just glad to be here. Yeah. We're glad to have you here. You I'm know really what? excited about next Friday. Yeah. Why next Friday? <laughs> get, get out of this Friday. This one is the, the deal. Eeyore is showing his, his pointy little donkey head right now. But, uh, uh, Greg remind people yeah. you have written books on different aspects of the paranormal, uh, talk to people. How can they find these books? What are the different topics that you cover? Yeah, you, you can find all my books at uh, theparanormaldetective.com or authorgreglawson.com or coldcaselegends.com uh, or on Amazon. So I, I do books on... Better just out, to follow the link that I put on the program. To be a paranormal right detective, uh, Diaries of a Paranormalist, Roswell, The After Action Report, and some other zombie stuff and... Uh, uh, several, I think three more will come this year. So I'm, um, I've been, uh, really working three yeah, more books, three more, man. I've been killing it. So, wow. I, I, uh, between work, um, man, they, they've been just spanking me at work and, uh, and this, yeah. And, and of course being completely dedicated to this show. Uh, but, uh, week after next, I'll be in tombstone. So I'm not going to be able to be on the show, but you know, yeah. there's things I have to do. Maybe we'll have you back here. We'll, uh, we'll have a little fun yeah. then, too. Uh, that's it for this week's show, folks. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed bringing it to you. Chachi and the Colonel will hopefully be back with us next week as we come back to you bringing the very best that is paranormal news. The only news you need to know is the Paranormal 60 News. Friday night, and I'm alone. 
normal 60s on. It's just for paranormal freaks like me. The poltergeist and ghosts and blues and UAVs. You miss a word, you do a shot. It starts to snowball and we laugh a lot. It's just like drinking with your TV friends. I'll be messed out before tonight's show ends. Dreaming the aliens are taking me away. I won't wake up the song I played on Saturday. It's Friday night and I'm alone. The paranormal 60s on. Schrader's on. Schrader's on. Shachi and the Colonel and the Paranormal Detective always traders copy and they all will be corrected He's got protective bracelets and some crazy magic tricks Even Scully cannot save him from the voice of Stevie Nicks Schrader's on Schrader's on Friday night, don't be alone The paranormal 60's on No one day Dave might even put me on his show There's a ghost in my mom's basement And I live down there, I know It's Friday night, don't be alone The paranormal 60's on Schrader's on Words is on 